Welcome everyone to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. Let's get to know each other. Yes. Rich, it's April the 21st. Yes, it is. Yesterday was April the 20th. Yes, it was. No, we live in Colorado, so that, that day has a lot of significant meaning, and the largest of which, to the both of us, is that God of War came out yesterday. Yes, it did. God of War, in parentheses, 2018, because it's, you know, there's the original God of War. Yeah. I've played about an hour of it, and I know you've been busy, so I'm going to tell you yeah. all about it. And yes. within an hour and a half of gameplay, I think it turned into what might be one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had playing a video game. Really? Yes. Nice. It's a, it's astonishing, and you haven't played the originals, if I'm correct. I have yet to play any God of War. Okay. Any. I've kind of been waiting for this, I think. Okay. All right. Cool. I think it will still stand out as an amazing video game to you. Okay. Because all around it's just a magnificent experience. I think that playing the other games before might help a little bit to have an understanding of the levity of the situation but also you can probably watch like a catch-up on youtube or something like that if you needed to Uh, well i'm interested to see how it pairs against greek mythology okay and roman mythology i don't see i based on the fact that his name is kratos i'm able to discern that it's latin based so it's either going to be greek or roman mythology i think i can avoid norse mythology and be okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i mean i took i took four years of latin in high school and a lot of that was Ooh. following the latin and greek mythology and roman mythology that's really cool so, now if you're interested in those things i must tell you and this excites me to tell you is that if you're into the Roman and Greek mythology, you need to play the original God of Wars. Okay. Because So this is a new game, new everything. This is not a remaster. This is not even slightly. This is basically God of War 4. Okay. Then at I'll the have end to go back three, and play them. Small spoilers for everyone. At the end of a God of War 3, Kratos sent finishes what he sets out to do and that is to kill Zeus. The point of God of War is that you kill gods. Yeah. Kratos is a fury fighting angry machine. Yeah. So the levity of the situation in God of War is that he's moved on. He has he started a new family, but <laughs> he is in a uh, 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 setting of Midgard. He lives at the base of Mount Olympus. Okay. Home to Odin and Thor. So they are mixing in North mythology it's, with the. So it's, it's just Norse, all mythology. It's straight Norse mythology. Okay. And the situation, and without going into straight. Straight, ridiculous spoilers for um, the new God of War. These Norse gods will... Uh, they are... They, they are 
starting to find out that Kratos is there and they are not happy about it. Right. He's been hiding and he's kind of an old man now. Another thing is that he has a child to protect and teach. I thought he was... I thought he had killed his family to advance his cause to kill the gods. No, he was tricked. Okay. By gods. And that's why he went ape shit on them. Oh. Is because up until the end of God of War 3, he was basically manipulated by these gods to just okay. um, fight each other. And I won't get into that because that's another twist at the very end of God of War 3. But that being said, God of War takes it in this whole new direction that I was worried being that it was a third person companion action adventure game such as Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 5, Uncharted, The Last of Us. Those last two are Sony uh, products, games, titles, and they're very, you know, they're critically acclaimed games. And while I was so excited to see Kratos in the announcement of God of War, as soon as I realized it was a third-person companion action adventure, I was a little skeptical because I thought, well, how are you going to – how is this going to be God of War? God right. of War was never a third person. It was more of like an almost isometric view constantly. There was still the uh, – uh, there was an amazing scale to it. Of these massive behemoths, you would fight. Kronos is a literal like mountain man, and and there is a large section of God of War two, I think it is, that you play on his back. He is his okay. own massive section of the game. Okay, which is cool, and I think at one point when you're on top of that, you rip uh, Hermes's head off of his body and use that as a weapon or a platforming tool. In the fashion world, it's pronounced Hermes. Oh, that makes more sense. So anyways, uh, going into God of War, they have made it to where it's it, it has its own identity. It's not too much like these other games, but it also harkens back to the original game, such as Spartan Rage, where at one point in a fight, uh, Kratos, Kratos is trapped in the beginning of the game and you're able to turn on spartan rage which is a power from the original games okay and when you do this in this norse mythology setting it it harkens you back to oh yeah this is the same badass mofo who's you know so anyways it's a perfect amount of old it's a perfect amount of new that it's blend i mean i can't be three hours into it and i'm still i played a section this morning that just i mean my i had to pick my job off the floor because it had another section of scale which i'm not sure if you saw a gameplay demo but uh they're in the middle of a lake and he hucks his axe um after a a, a runic sign on a statue says if you want to get any further you have to throw your weapon into the center of the the lake so he takes his axe and he hucks it and it lands in the water. And this is a section I played this morning. I've been waiting since it's uh, <laughs> since the second gameplay trailer to play this moment. He throws the axe, and it goes into the middle of the water. And then he goes to call it back because one of the cool things about it is that it's like Mjolnir. Yeah. Where you can throw your axe and call it back, and it will hit people on the way back, too. Right. If you miss them the first time, it will hit them on the way back. So he throws it, and he says, my axe isn't coming back something's happening you know he's talking to his son who he addresses as boy oh boy 
he says, "Slow down, boy." Boy's talking to me too too much to a to a, a force which he goes, "Boy," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's, it's his so favorite is, word for his son is "boy." He so doesn't is even the call son him by following his name. him around like the dog in Fable? No. Okay. <laughs> and I'll get to that. He throws the axe in the middle of the the lake, and a the world serpent arises. Oh shit! And this world serpent uh is this the one that encompasses the world yes and eats his own tail yes yes okay this is one and he rises from the water oh jeez i cannot tell you guys how much scale this creates because it makes you and atreus from being you know like normal sized things into ants (laughs) literal ants this thing rises up and he begins to talk first of all he spits out the axe oh nice and when he does he kind of just blows it out he goes right and he's taking up most of your screen right to give you an idea of the scale when he goes axe (laughs) that's the distance that's awesome from this thing to you but he is still taking up your whole screen oh yeah (laughs) anyways Um, the whole section is that he, uh, uh, and I'm not, okay, that I'm getting into spoiler territory, so I'm not going to say anything else, but, um, he changes the level sheerly with his scale. Um, when everything's said and done, he lays in the background and you can, he blends in with the mountains basically. Nice. Because of how massive this guy is. Oh yeah. So Atreus, on the other hand, is a very welcome, uh, aspect to the game. Okay. You feel for him. You feel for Kratos immediately in the relationship he has with this kid. This kid is very headstrong, very angry, just like his dad. Okay. And watching him being parented by a man who, in the first or second game, would pat his son on the back for his behavior. Yeah. After the third, he I, Kratos definitely comes to realize... I am a monster because I did not control myself. I was used because I did not control myself. I was, yeah. you know, not as wary and I was just a monster going yeah. through all of this. And that dichotomy makes for its own very interesting story outside of um, what place Kratos has in all of this mythology. Uh, being, you know, uh, being quite aware that Odin is coming. Yeah. Odin sent his sons Thor and Balder, and they are coming, and it is driving me nuts. Just they definitely give this sense of you know because gods in the original one, uh, the original games were something that you know they were big events when you were ready to fight these guys. Yeah, there were demigods and you would just kill them, use them for yeah. a power, but the bigger ones, the more. Uh, the more uh, uh, opposable, not opposable, but, you know, the, the bigger threat mm-hmm. gods were always a thing. And the fact that I haven't really s- seen much of that yet is starting. It builds a large amount of suspense. So okay. there's a lot amount of thing. Uh, there's a large amount of things in this game where the game director, I think, knew what would make you feel the feelings uh, uh, of suspense and anticipation going into this game he would know that for this to be a whole new ball game something to get you on your toes that these things would have to happen in the story and three hours in he's 
three or four hours in an hour and a half in i knew that this game was going to be something else but three or four in now i'm solidly convinced that this is a new medium in video game storytelling nice it has already it already has my solid solid recommendation um, and approval Another th- quick small thing: everything in the camera shots between gameplay and cutscenes, all one continuous shot. Nice. It has not stopped moving since I started playing. It feels like something you're following through. So there is no cutscene. There is no change of this, change of that. You're always following someone, whether it's Atreus or Kratos. Okay. And the way it moves around. So, so. the gameplay switches between the two, or you no, always it doesn't. Con- you con- control controls. Atreus. You control Atreus at the same time. Yeah. So oh, uh, no, okay. Well, uh, he'll do his own thing. He has his own powers. You command who he shoots with arrows, bow and arrows. Okay. Basically, uh, a bow and arrows. Okay. So it's all very gameplay wise. I haven't gotten that much into the depth, and I'm. Uh, I actually have one more thing to bring up because of that, and then we'll be off of God of War, is that I, for the first time, have started a game on the easiest difficulty really? for the sake of story. Wow. So you're just wanting to play through it just to see what's going on. Basically. Nice. Knowing from before, and I remember, there are some times when I really get into it, for instance, Bioshock Infinite, when I get stuck on parts and I'm like, I'm just, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the story. I'm feeling the experience. And then I can't get past a level. Yeah. Pisses me off real bad. I'm like, damn, the immersion is ruined because I'm on my eighth or ninth try on this section that I just can't beat. And I'm sure I will. But at that point, I'm like, okay, it feels like a video game now, not an experience. And some games are more experiences to be yeah. had before their games. Am I going to go back and play the game on a harder to difficult difficulty? Hell yeah. Because God of War gameplay is a massive thing about God of War that's fun. The brutal combat, everything about it. I 100% intend on playing this again on a harder difficulty with you know, building up my skills and doing things like that. But right now, it's a breeze. Nice. Walking through the game, and on some occasion, I'm like, okay, this is just too easy. And that makes it boring in a way. But also, I'm not going to be three quarters through the game dying to know the next plot element and not being able to get there because I'm hindered by gameplay. So, yeah. Um, I'll see if it's worth it by the end. It's something I've been strongly considering doing, and it was really tough to decide to do it on easy. I, you know, because yeah. I'm just kind of like. A fun part of these things and these games is overcoming a challenge. I had to choose the story over the challenge, just knowing um, how quickly I want to uh, consume this right. story specifically. So, God of War in stores now. Go buy it. Woo-hoo. It's awesome. Rich. Yes, sir. What are the nerdiest things you've done this past week? Oh, uh, this past week has been quite a bit of downtime for me as far as like my typical week like my wife's health issues have led to her being in the hospital all week so instead of going to work i've just been hanging out in the hospital right and there's only so much you know watching your spouse suffer you can do before you need distraction so yes so uh i've been playing a lot of different things just uh on switch mobile what well, I started playing through some of Ocarina of Time on my 3DS. Mm. So, um, this is my third time 
playing it from the beginning without ever having beaten it. Okay. Okay. So, like, I've gotten to one point and then just stopped, jumped to another game or whatever, and then did it again, and then I got didn't get as far and stopped, and now I'm starting another fresh playthrough because if you try and go into a game, you know how it is. You go into a game that you haven't played in a while, and you're at the difficulty level of where you just left. Yeah. You're going to get housed over and over and over and over again. So It's, it's true. Best you to, have to be versed. Yeah. It's best to start in. your curve from the beginning if it's been longer than, say, a year since mm-hmm. you played. Show everyone your shirt, too, on the... You got to lean over, yeah. Everyone watching the video, uh, Ocarina of Time. As a Corona label. Yes. It's... Oh, man. Funny thing about this this shirt. Um, My wife is in a regular room now. She was in the ICU. Now she's in a regular room. And in the regular room, you get a roommate. And her roommate is probably... A cautionary tale for continued education. Oh God! So, please as as uh, like go to fucking college, you know, like yeah, stay in yeah, school, yeah. because otherwise you end up like this. Anyway, so I was walking through the room, and uh, she has she must have like three or four daughters, mm-hmm. and I haven't paid close attention, but they all call her mama over and over and over. Oh God! And over and over again. Okay, to where they, I hear her daughter say mama on average every 15 seconds. What? In a 20 minute conversation. Jeez. How you doing, mama? Is there anything you need, mama? What can I get you, mama? It's like, oh my God, she knows who she is. She knows you're talking to her. What are you doing? But then I'm not versed with this woman. I know that she's like right around 70. So maybe she's just kind of. Mm-hmm. Slip. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, but they saw my shirt and they were like, oh, I love your shirt. And I was like, oh, thank you. And they were like, wait, that doesn't say Corona. And I was like, so you love a Corona shirt? <laughs> what? <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's my favorite beer. And I was like, okay. It's... For, for uh, just. That's upsetting. Corona is. Corona is what you drink when you're at a party. It's not supposed to be a favorite. It's kind of a. Yeah. I can get behind that. You know, and you have to be in the right mood for Corona because I don't think I would ever drink Corona, say, in the winter. Yeah. Unless I was at a Mexican restaurant, maybe. Yeah. It is my favorite of all the lighter lagers that you can purchase. Yeah. Well, the the thing that drives me nuts about Corona, and it, I like it better without the lime, but everybody has to serve it with a goddamn lime. And it's because every white mm-hmm. person who's ever been a tourist in Mexico is like, oh, you have to put the lime in the beer. You have to put the lime in the beer. And it's the part of the thing. The whole reason they put the lime in the beer in Mexico mm-hmm. is to keep flies from going into the bottle. Oh. That's the reason for the lime. That's awesome. It doesn't. It's not supposed to accentuate the flavor or anything. It's just there to be like, flies piss off. That's awesome. So, you know, you can tell that a bunch of lame white people went on holiday in in Mexico, started <laughs> drinking Corona, and they were like, oh, there's a lime in it. This is just fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And then they brought it back with the lime. It's like, Jesus. Okay, anyway. I guess we're doing it like this now. Sorry. That's my rant. No, that's fine. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, anyway. What else? So, um, Ocarina of Time. I was and- playing Ocarina of Time. Um, the battery is limited on 
the 3DS, especially the older it gets and the more it sits in storage, just mm-hmm. diminishes mm-hmm. that battery. Mm-hmm. So, um, Do you play with the 3D on? No. Didn't think so. No, I can't. I can only handle a little bit of 3D. And it, I think that's the way with everyone. Yeah. And, and 3D movies are overrated, especially, too. I, I have a feeling that 3D movies, like in the theater 3D movies, the main reason it's there is to prevent piracy. I, I think that's the whole reason that's they funny. did they did that True. because it looks blurry as shit on a camcorder. Yeah, so that that's, makes sense. I, I I have a feeling that's the whole reason they did 3D in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, sorry to check. Off. So uh, I've actually been listening to more music than anything else mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. time, just because you know you'll get into a game and it's like, can you help me? Hey, can you give me a hand? Hey, can you help me? And it's like, okay, this is really distracting from the gaming experience, so I'm just going to shut down, right. take care of things, you know. And plus, I'm working remotely to kind of save my vacation time at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I'm spending about three to four hours working from my laptop in the hospital. Right. So that means I'm listening to a lot of music, and then I'm reading because I can put down the book easier than I can put down the game mm-hmm. and not screw anything up. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be sitting there playing a game. And my wife's like, can you help me stand up? And I'm like, after this boss, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was, sense. I was, I'm not playing games nearly as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not like the games that we're used to playing anyway. Yeah. So been playing a few games on my phone. There's this one fo- phone game called uh, the Vault of Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a puzzle game. Where you're in a, where you're in a room with a box, and then you have to like tap on different parts of the box to unlock keys. That's funny. Or... I'm trying to cash in on that uh, Da Vinci Code alert. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of capturing the old Mist uh, audience. Oh, really? Because okay. that's how Mist was. Was that you're in this huge immersive world, and you can mm-hmm. walk around and check shit out, and then there will be like a number here, and it's like, okay, what does this number mean, and where does that correlate mm. to? Whatever. Okay. So. That's exciting. It's it's mainly like situational puzzles. Okay. And lots of fun. I, I I'm a big fan of Mist. Have been since you know Windows ninety five. Right. Um. So I've been playing that Da Vinci game. Uh, I was I've been reading The Shining. Trying to get through that. And uh, I've, have you seen Ready Player One yet? I haven't. Seen it? We haven't seen okay. any movies because no, we haven't. I'll let you continue on that. We just don't have time to watch any movies. Uh, we're just you know busy between uh, real life things, moving school. Um, Sarah going in and out, out of town for her father. Yeah. Um, being in the hospital and for things like that, we were talking about it today. If she gets enough studying done for nursing school, we will go see a movie potentially but i don't think it would be ready player one i might end up going um on an early morning to see that on my own for a cheap matinee just to you know because i do want to see i don't want to get that out of the way but uh a quiet place is something that we're just i really want to see that i haven't seen that yet but i really want to see that and i heard it was almost a cloverfield movie as well they were talking about because paramount owns it and they were talking about trading that off okay Um, but no, we haven't really seen them. Okay. I haven't seen Ready Player One, unfortunately. Okay. Have you read the book? No. Are you familiar with the story at all? 
I'm familiar with the story. Okay. Do you so, own the book? I do own the book. Okay, after... after Boom! Oh, Ready yeah. Player One. No. Okay. Um, so once you're done with V for Vendetta, and then you can jump into this. After Watchmen, and then yeah. after... I'll be able to get through V for Vendetta and Watchmen real quick, I think. Because they're graphic novels. Uh, Watchmen might surprise you. I'm a normal patron of the uh, library of... What do you call... Mm-hmm. What do we call this office again? This room I'm calling the Library of Arts and Interests. The Library of Arts and Interest, Interests. Yes. As we work our way into the Den of Bricks. Yes. Which, you know, we'll, we'll have more deets on that as yes. time goes on. But, uh... Oh, so, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. for those unfamiliar, the book is a is full of references if you grew up in the 80s. Okay, so it was basically a giant nostalgia quake for me. Because it was like, I played those games. Yes, I watched those shows. Yes, I saw those movies. Oh my god, he's using his, he's using a song lyric from an obscure song as his passphrase. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's probably one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite songs from that band. But so. the song... the. The book and the yeah. movie are set in the future, though. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. So the whole premise is that the uh, the book is set in the future where there is a virtual reality internet, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. That everybody goes on, visits. Most people work in it. <laughs> you know, they have like a virtual job or whatever. School teachers mm-hmm. are teaching virtual classes in there. Students are going in. And it's very big on the, it's very big on educational entertainment. Like when the kids go on a field trip, they're actually traveling to ancient Rome Mm -hmm. to -hmm. learn about the Spartan culture or whatever. So, um, it's a very big idea. Very cool. And the guy that created it, that -hmm. created the whole Oasis virtual reality internet yeah. Dies. Right. And in, he d- dies childless, wifeless. He's alone. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, he wants to pull like a Willy Wonka and right. give his fortune to someone who will be responsible with it like him. Mm-hmm. So he hides Easter eggs in his game or the Oasis, this mm-hmm. virtual reality. He right. hides Easter eggs throughout it. These Easter eggs lead to three keys, and these three keys unlock three gates. And as you unlock it, as you find a key and unlock a gate, and you advance, mm-hmm. whoever wins, whoever collects all three keys and opens all three gates first, inherits his entire fortune, which is like a hundred and sixty-five billion dollars, full control of the oasis and everything. Well, the guy grew up, he's about my age. Mm -hmm. Okay. He creates this when he's like 65. Right. So basically in 25 years, I could create the Oasis, but he's pretty much my age. So he grew up in the time that I did watching the movies I did, playing the video games I did. Yes. And all this. 
So all of the Easter eggs are related to his interests. So right. it's, a, it's all pop culture from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the book references all of that. Right. So in the book, like the first gate is um, playing through an old D&D module called the Tomb of Horrors. Okay. Okay. And, you, and in the Tomb of Horrors, the main bad guy in it is a demon leash king. So Leash. Lich? Lich. Laish King? Laish. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those that I've read a ton, but never really heard pronounced. So I think it's a lich. Yeah. But um, once he gets that key, then he unlocks the first gate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he unlocks the first gate, it puts him in the movie War Games. And he has to play through the movie War Games as Matthew Broderick's character. Really? Yeah, and if he gets and if he gets the lines right and the inflection right, he gets a point bonus Ooh. as he's playing through the movie. That's but really... he now he is inserted into this movie. Now, how much of this is in comparison to the book? The exact same to the movie? Almost, but not quite. Entirely unlike the book is the movie. I can't tell if we're either on or off. Okay, so here's the book right mm-hmm. over here. The mm-hmm. movie's way over there. Really? Way the fuck over there. Really? Okay, because yeah. th- when I read the book... In a good way or a bad way, then? In probably the best way possible. Okay. Okay. Because I don't think that a ton of 80s culture would be relatable, right? To... Well, the way the book... The things that happen in the book... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine any way they could do that in the movie. Okay? How are right. you going to suddenly pop the main character into another movie? Right. And still... Without making a CGI Matthew Broderick right. in the setting of War Games, changing lines, going, hmm, what was that line, you know? Right. No, that makes sense. That, that, that does make sense. So, they, the movie, they made it more video game oriented than pop culture oriented. Okay. Okay, the the movie, I loved the movie. I thought the movie was great. Oh. Okay, I was not at all disappointed by how far and away different it was from the book. Okay. Okay, now, and that seems to be the consensus among the fans of the book and the movie is that most people, when they, because I've, follow the ready player one subreddit mm-hmm. on reddit mm-hmm. and most people in that subreddit were like i really hope they don't fuck up this movie i really hope they don't fuck up this movie mm-hmm. and a lot of the discussion around it was how are they gonna not fuck up this movie <laughs> you right. know because it's right. like because everybody saw the difficulties in it it's like the guy steps into 80s classic films mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. in the book Okay, and then another gate that he opens, he actually steps into a video game mm-hmm. that was a cabinet video game in, like, all of these different... Like, in the book, pl- the first trial for the key is playing through the Tomb of Horrors where you fight the Leash King. Right. Or Lich King, whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you fight the Lich King in the in the game, you know, he's actually striking at you with magic and trying to devour your life force and everything. So it's That's really interesting. It's a it's yeah. a hardcore battle. Right. In the book, he challenges you to a game of joust. 
And not you guys are on horseback riding towards each other with no, lances. No, the game. But the cabinet game where you're riding a flying ostrich oh, and you have to knock whoa. the other guys off. It. So pretty much it's a guy in a suit of armor next to a Lich King standing side by side at an arcade cabinet tapping buttons. Right. How do you do that in a movie and make it interesting? E- mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't really happen. So they changed it in the movie to, you know... Instead just, of this, here's the race. Mm, you win the race, you get the first king. But then instead of that the race, you're going to see, you know, for instance, the main character, Parvizal? Parzival. 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 He, he drives the DeLorean. Yes. In that race. Yes, he so does. they find plenty of ways to sneak in just, you know, oh, like it's a hodgepodge. full of, of references. And now, was it's really awesome that the Iron Giant is so um, so all around in this new movie, and I've already heard all about it. Is the Iron Giant – the Iron Giant is not in the book at all because that movie was made in the 90s. Right. Correct? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure because of that alone that I have plenty of reasons that I will like red player one let alone like i've seen other things i've seen you know i've saw the 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 clips and i've analyzed all of them i saw tracer from overwatch uh, running into battle with the battle toads and all these other characters freddy cougar and chucky and i saw uh uh, um what else there was like a nightclub and like gandalf was dancing in the sky with like a final fantasy character and uh uh, harley quinn and deadpool walking out arm and arm you know no those are just players being the people they want to be right whether they be fictional characters of someone else's creation or their own it seems to be yeah yeah which is so yeah yeah i'm on board we might watch that but something else is that uh sarah has not seen black panther yet either no no so she got to see Black Panther. I know. It's going to be out on Blu-ray it. soon. So it's just that too, hold but out. not until after Infinity War comes out, which... They're not going to put Black is... Panther out before Infinity War? No. Really? No. It's too soon. Huh. It's too soon. It, it's it's going to come out like right after in May, in like two weeks. So like I think in a little less than a month, it's at least going to be on okay. digital. So well, that being said, we're a freaking week out. We're less than a week out from Infinity War. Are we? We are. Yes. Really? Yes, we are less than a week. No, today is Saturday. I In a oh week, by now, I will have seen it. Oh, my God. Or at least I will be watching the end of it. Okay. Yeah. And it's, dude, it is here. Infinity War is here. <laughs> and, and oh, my gosh. I mean, it might as well be here. Like, if it was an asteroid, we'd be able to see it in the distance. That's the most, you know. That's Time a big flies when you're not paying attention, man. Exactly. I, wow. um, <laughs> and Yeah, basically. It's so funny. I, I had to stop after Final Fantasy. No, sorry. After Star Wars Episode Seven. I had to promise myself I would stop getting hyped up for things and it wasn't that that hard because i've you know i've not been excited for something as much as i've been excited for episode seven just because i thought that was something that was never going to come yeah you know and that being said i don't think i've been you know i wait until like i'm about a week out and then i let myself be overtaken by the oh my god it's almost here so so freaking excited please and i get excited i pee my pants i don't know if we talked about it but i finally saw ragnarok yeah, no, we haven't <laughs> talked about that. Okay. Ragnarok, ready to go. 
So uh, is that in your top five now, or what is? It's it's pretty close. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh-huh. I was a fan. Okay. Uh, I like the Valkyrie. I like okay. the drunk Valkyrie. That too. <laughs> uh, I liked uh, uh, Gladiator Hulk. Yeah, and that and <laughs> how Thor, uh, Thor is puniest Avenger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that shit talking battle between the yeah. the dumbest of the two Avengers trying to talk <laughs> shit to each other. Yeah, he knew what was there. He knew the he knew the quality of yeah. what he was going to put into that script when he wrote and directed the movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I was like, Take a white TD, my hero. Continue. Yeah. When I well, when I heard the uh, Rock dude, the guy that made up rocks, I was like, that mm-hmm. sounds familiar. That's I him. think that's the director. That is. Him. It was yes. him. I was like, yes. okay, there he is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I still haven't watched what we do in the shadows all the way through yet. That's okay. So it's, I, I started I, it and I was like, this is, this is awesome. And I really want to devote some time and energy to watching this because mm-hmm. it's really just the first 10 minutes. I was like, I need to watch this. I, f- I like, feel like the, attention. the end of the movie is not as interesting as the beginning. Okay. It plays out in a fashion that is. Um, you know, the intro and getting to know these guys is incredibly hilarious. And then to move the story along, there's like an actual event, a process of things that happen. And then it just kind of like loses its luster, in my opinion. It doesn't stop being funny, but it stops being as interesting. Okay. In the second half, it is the first half. That being said, it's still a masterpiece for just pulling off what they did and how awesome it is. But uh Taika Waititi also directed a film called Hunt for the Wilder People. It is on Hulu. Okay. It has uh Sam Neill okay in it uh in a way to explain. He actually does a lot of projects with Sam Neill because Sam Neill is from New Zealand. Okay. Like him there that is probably why Sam Neill played the stage play version of Odin. In Ragnarok, when Matt Damon <laughs> was Loki dying heroically, yes, uh huh. That was Sam Neill as Thor. Okay, that was yeah. awesome, wasn't it? I loved yes. that stage play that Loki was having put on. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Which, uh, yeah, again, it was just awesome for that reason. But going into that hunt for the Wilder people, uh, just stole my heart. I love it. Okay, it is. Oh, oh, oh. Man, Hunt for the Wilder People was definitely a little more uh, heart heart wrenching, heart touching than what we do in the shadows. Yeah, what we do in the shadows was absolutely hilarious. And while I love um, Hunt for the Wilder People, um, or no, while I ha- while I love what we do in the shadows, I do I did end up liking Hunt for the Wilder People more. Okay. Barely, it is, is it the same tone, same kind of, of okay. Um, same style of humor that obviously went into those movies um, yeah. and Thor Ragnarok. But the premise of the movie is that uh, an orphan is rehomed. Um, he's kind of obese. Okay. And he loves Tupac. Okay. And he's just a loner. Um, they drop him off at, at this house in the this house in the mountains in the New Zealand wilderness, and he does. He gets out. Of, they're like, "Come on, get out of the car." The social worker is like, "Come on, tap in the car." And she's like, "Get up." And he, he he goes, "Okay." He doesn't actually say anything for like the first fifteen minutes, I don't think. And he gets out of the car and he starts walking around. He does a lap 
around the house. He's kicking some stones, looking around. Comes back and gets right back in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Without saying a word. Nice. (laughs) So... Anyway, he ends up staying. He ends up liking it there. And then um, over a natural course of events, he ends up going into the bush, which is what they call the wild, with uh, Uncle Hector, who is Sam Neill. Okay. He is a grizzled old man who didn't want a child or nephew of any kind in the first place. Okay. And they end up venturing into the wilderness together. The social workers go after them and they're uh that to which point you know um the the boy says you know wildebeest live in the wild and we're like the wilder people and the social workers are going after hector going after him and um there's there's one point you know they're teaching this this streetwise street crack boy to um live in the bush live in the wilderness be a man in his own way get what they call the knack ah. for things they call it the neck. That is the ability to live in the wilderness. Okay. At one point, they go to a uh, community cottage that people in the bush can just stay at, you know, when they're yeah. looking for a place. And they, uh, at one point, they find a missing uh, missing person sign on the on the billboard, and <laughs> they think Uncle Hector kidnapped the boy. When, in all honesty, Uncle Hector went up there to rescue him, f- rescue him from running away. they end up staying up there anyway because they're like fuck it we don't have nothing to go we don't have anything to go back to there and he (laughs) three hunters show up there and they start talking shit and they start calling him a a pedophile and stuff they start calling uncle hector a pedophile and they're all fighting and pushing each other around (laughs) and it cuts to a shot of the boy and i wish i could remember his name i'm really ricky baker is his name sorry okay the boy's name is ricky baker And he's got a lever action um, rifle. They all have rifles because there's normal. They're you know they're in the wilderness. They have to provide for themselves too, which includes hunting. And and these hunters are talking shit to Uncle Hector, and Uncle Hector punches one out, and they're all fighting, and they're all going. And there's a gunshot, and it goes back to to Ricky Baker, and he has his lever shotgun, and he's reloading. He goes, shit just got real, (laughs) and he loads it. Nice. <laughs> and then all characters like put the gun down, put the gun down. And they end up like taking apart all of all of these hunters' guns that he gets into the argument and eventual fight with. It's it's got a lot of character to it, even more so than what okay. we do in the shadows, which is astonishing because of what an achievement what we do in the shadows is. So, yeah. uh, hunt for the wilder people is on okay. Hulu. Everyone, um, definitely make the time to watch that. It's oh man, top nice. to bottom. I just. I loved it. Oh, right. Easily down. one of my favorites. A little bit of a tear jerker in All certain right. parts. So, ad- adult themes. Uh, Christy cannot watch it. Okay. And I can explain why when we're off of the podcast. Yeah. So, that being said. No, no need to explain further. Exactly. I understand <laughs> entirely. Um, yep. So, to get back to your initial question... The nerdiest thing I've done this week, it probably, I got back into new wave music. What is this? So there was this. Oh, God. In the 80s. <laughs> I don't even. In the 80s, there, this is the birth of alternative music, basically. Right. Was new wave. Yes. So the 80s was pretty much, disco was on its way out, punk was on its way in, mm-hmm. in a big, bad hurry. But speed punk like hardcore punk stooges like yes. 
Danzig, Black Flag, all of that. Um, there was a middle ground called New Wave mm-hmm. that had a different sound to it. It was kind of like a weird halfway point between disco and punk, almost. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of bands that came out of that. The Smiths, uh, Joy Division. Well, that's what Park in that novel, Eleanor and Park, that's the type of music that he's getting into with Eleanor. Okay. And so it threw me back in my head. I was like, oh, shit, I haven't listened to New Wave in forever. So I downloaded the Smith's Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. and I was listening to that, and I was like, I was like, man, these take me back. These are great songs. And then when I listened to the album the second time through, I was like, shit, I'm too old. I'm not that guy anymore. <laughs> because it, what? Okay. I, no, I saw your post about A Perfect Circle. Having yes. a new album, and I'm sure you're getting back around to that. Yes, I am. Um, and I'll let you do that. Is 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 a perfect circle new age technically? Uh, perfect or is it circle strictly alternative. Is, perfect circle is pretty much alternative rock. Okay, it's rock to alternative. Yeah. Um, so the front man of Tool, mm-hmm. probably my favorite band of all time. That's psychedelic rock. That's no, I like Tool. Tool's Danny Carey is a great drummer. Oh my god, he's the greatest drummer. He has weird drumsticks, yeah. but. Yeah, it's a tie for him and Neil Peart. He's definitely the like, best drummers ever. Anyway, I played a little bit of Rush. Nice. That's to give you an idea of. We'll do that on our one-on-one podcast okay. when I talk about drumming and how I used to drum for twelve years and how nice. I can definitely play YYZ top to bottom. Ooh, I played YYZ in the a, a uh, marching band. Ooh, on the show. recorder flute or yeah, on the tuba. On the tuba. I did Ooh. the bass line. You did. You played tuba in marching band? I played tuba for eight years. This makes 100% band. sense to me. How <laughs> have we known each Because I was in marching band, too. I played the yeah. snare and the bass. I was I did drumline. Yeah. But like, get, this is why we do this podcast. <laughs> this is why, this we, is do why this. we do this podcast. It's because, <laughs> Here's anyways. the key of us getting to know each other. And it, yeah, no, and exactly. You. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we did a we did a marching show. Like I love our, it. The field show was YYZ. Oh. And Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was where did you where where'd you go to high school? Badass high? <laughs> like <laughs> I went to, I went to Crown Point High School in Crown Point, Indiana. Was your Go Royal Regiment. How much weed did your band director smoke? Cause <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that you might have partaken with him. That not any of that happened. Okay, uh, duly noted. Our no, our our uh, band leader was uh a lady, Peg Schaefer. Oh. Yeah. She... So, and that was stupid of me to assume that it was a he. I apologize. Yeah. Gender uh, Pacific. Uh, how much just weed did she smoke? That, that's, I, I, X, I can neither I confirm know. nor deny. How often did she walk any... out of her office with a little uh, white powder under her nose? I can neither confirm nor deny that okay, any of that ever right, happened. Cool. Okay, cool. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, how no. much drug she... paraphernalia did you have to, no, have she, to hide in your tuba? She had... She... She had a lot of the same addictions that I have, just caffeine and nicotine. That woman would go through like a pot of coffee in an hour and a half. Damn, I can dig it. Okay, so so uh, tools your favorite awesome. band, new age music. So, uh, a perfect circle is the project of the frontman of Tool, Maynard James Keenan, and one of the guitar techs of Tool. Okay, and the guitar tech was like, "Hey, I'm writing these songs and everything. Would you?" 
you know, be interested. And he was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so they've had a few albums come out, but they just had a new album drop yesterday called Eat the Elephant. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's almost like a play on politicital endeavors. Well, I posted the, uh, on Facebook world. that the, I was listening to the album and I said it was goddamn timely. And the main reason for that is because the title song on the album, Eat the Elephant, mm-hmm. is about, well, you know, you know the adage, how do you eat an elephant? No. Okay, well, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Okay. So the idea... That was not going to be my answer. But okay. <laughs> the idea there is that um, any task that seems inter- insurmountable, that it just seems impossible to do because it's just too big. Mm-hmm. You... Also, they're endangered, so you yeah. don't want to eat an elephant. No. Well, it, it could just eat a whale. So it's, you know... Okay, does... it's about the, the It's test. about the size of the task. But not a killer whale, because they're endangered. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Greenpeace, call me your tits. Anyway, so. PETA loves me. Continue. This episode was brought to you by PETA, except not at all, because I'm sure they'd spray you with animal piss if you wore it for a crop. Green PETA. Anyways, yes. Greenpeace and PETA meet Green PETA. Anyway, so. I'm sorry, continue. So the idea is that if a task seems insurmountable, all you have to do is what you can do. The little bits that you can do one at a time in order until that task is no longer insurmountable or until it's complete. Okay, yeah. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or if something is just slowly disintegrating you because it's too big and you just can't even find the motivation to start a task because it just seems so fucking enormous. Yes, it's eating an elephant. You do it one bite at a time. Okay. And with all the stuff going on in my personal life, with my wife's injury and then subsequent illness and everything, it's been seeming very daunting and very insurmountable. And then when I listened to the album, I realized that I am eating it one bite at a time. And yeah. it's, it's, it gets easier and then it gets normalized. It's true. So, um, that being said, I love this album. It is very piano heavy, which I was not expecting. Yeah. The songs have a lot of piano in them. Okay. I did notice that in the first song. Yeah. Which is the only one I listened to because it is not my stuff. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tried for you. I was thinking about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to listen to Perfect Circle. Just for Rich, and then I got, yeah, half one in the first song, I thought that was boring. I went to the second song, I thought it sounded the exact same, and then I... Yeah, they, they closed, sound very similar, but... Close um, the window. <laughs> they, they don't... A Perfect Circle has more of a... More of a, hmm... What's the word I want to look for here? And it's members of Tool that are in a Perfect no, Circle. No, it's just Maynard James Keenan from Tool. Oh. Everybody else... Who was the guitar tech. And the guitar tech... From Tool is like the main guy writing most of the stuff. Okay, he's okay. writing the music and everything. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Hey, you know what? When you're, you know, when you're not busy touring or working on the album or anything, what do you say we do this side project?" And I mean, Maynard has a lot of side projects. He's got a Perfect Circle. He's got Pucifer. Yeah. He's got his winery. 
mm-hmm. in Arizona and everything. So the guy's busy. The guy doesn't. Sure. Yeah. The guy doesn't slack. Do you know when the last time they put out an album was? A Perfect Circle? Yeah. Ah, uh, the last album they put out before this one, I want to say, was Emotive. Okay. And I want to say that was 2007? Damn. Six? Over a decade ago. Well, I mean, Tool's last album was, what, 2006? Was it really? Yeah. And I think it, the same goes, if not longer, for System of a Down yeah. as well. Um, I, I'm going to look into the phone here and verify that's okay. So, you, you know, and I want to say something about eating an elephant. I'm glad they did that for you. I'm glad you have that in your life because, like, I've been kind of having to explain the same thing to my wife who's going back and forth from Chicago, Illinois, because her father has been in the hospital with heart failure, of yeah. course. Um, and she's been kind of having this same thing where, you know, she's in the middle of nursing school. Nursing school is not easy. It is an extremely hard, very rigorous program. And she's been, you know, thinking the same thing. And I'm really glad that you taught me the elephant today because, you know, I haven't been able to find the right words for explaining to her that she's gone. She's flown back and forth at least three times, maybe four. I haven't counted to be with him whenever she can, whenever she has the opportunity while going through this grueling, ridiculous process at at school. As soon as she came back, she helped me finish moving because we had to move while she was gone. Um, and I had some help from friends, of course, to be able to do that. So it wasn't like, you know, the worst thing in the world in the first place, but I, you know, I had my own weight to carry that I was completely fine with because she had to be there with her father. Um, I went out there for one of the, one of the trips and there's no place to sleep in those hospitals. You know what I mean? They don't provide places for you to be able to stay there easily, be close by because, you know, when someone like your father or your husband or your wife is there with these issues you don't want to be any further than five feet away from them you know what yeah. I mean? you will stay in a chair next to them and you know um and she's she's kept thinking that she's she just isn't doing good enough by not being there but you know and i've explained this to her and i think a lot of people need to realize in the face of you know um not entirely insurmountable odds but times where you wonder if you're doing the most and you just don't get the answer from people if there's an elephant, you do have to eat it a bite at a time. I've told yeah. Sarah, she's amazing for doing everything she's already done. Four trips back and forth to Chicago, Illinois. And I guess the fellow nursing students she had didn't understand. They thought she was in a hospital down the street. Right. And these, these nursing students, when they found out she's been going back and forth from Illinois, she's not staying in a hotel room. She's been sleeping on couches and armchairs for a week prior to this week. Oh, my God. And and they finally figured it out, and it's, you know, it's not like, you know, um, you know, and I explained to her, you know, she's doing everything she can, and, you know, with what you, you guys are going through on your end, you do everything you can, and it's going to be a grueling process, yeah. um, especially after Christy's, uh, you know, endeavor, everything she's going through since November. It might be a long road mm-hmm. to getting better, but you guys, you got to keep chugging, and yeah. I'm glad they did they they did that for you, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole mentality behind eat, eating an elephant. I mean, it's as a adage, you know. Yeah, it's just you know, that's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. Sometimes yeah. it's a yeah. mouthful. Yep. Sometimes it's a nibble. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, you go one bite at a time. That elephant gets smaller, and it just keeps getting smaller. It's true. Yeah. So that's that's how you have to that's how you have to handle a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you'll be tested. Like, are 
are you truly doing everything you can do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had that earlier this week, uh, had a misunderstanding with the wife when, uh, because when she first got into the hospital, I was coming home to sleep, shower, take care of the dogs, take care of the house and everything. And it does allow you to be better for yeah. her. So I would stay with her until like two in the morning, leave, come home, shower, let the dogs out. Take mm-hmm. care of myself. Yeah. Get some sleep. Wake up, let the dogs out, take care of the house, mm-hmm. little annoyed things, and then head to the hospital. So I'm leaving the hospital at 2 a.m. and I'm back there at 10. Okay. But. And that's and, less than six hours of sleep, easy. Every uh, time. That's four. Yeah. It's four there and you a go. Half. It's at not, most. It's not a lot of time. At most. So. And it wears down on you eventually. Mm-hmm. So like the third day that, or the second day that I did this, I got home, you know, at like two or in the morning, I didn't get to bed till four. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can sleep, be up at seven and then just head straight to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when I went to bed, my alarm didn't wake me up. My body completely shut down. I didn't wake up till 1230. Yeah. So I missed all of the doctor's rounds and everything. I shower and all, and I get in the car, and I get there, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I overslept. And the first words out of her mouth were, do you want me to change my emergency contact to my mom for a little while? Mm-hmm. And she was not meaning it as, I don't think you can handle this, mm-hmm. or this is too much for you, or whatever. She was meaning it as, I don't want to be that heavy of a burden on you. Can I do something to alleviate the burden on you? Sure. Yeah. I did not take it that way. Oh, yeah. I took no, it as I, you're I a piece be of shit either. for not being here. So <laughs> I immediately go, the fuck you say? And I got, I got upset. I got mad. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I was like, coming in, I was. I, I kind of was like, honey, I want you to know you really hurt my feelings with that. She goes, no, 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 no. That was right. Like, yeah. And I was like, I mean, intent is one thing, but I'm the first thing you say when I walk in is that, how would you take that? Exactly. Yes. And she's like, I'm not, I'm, you know, and I. Because you're trying to be 100% for, for, yeah. for her right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, you know. <laughs> so I, w- I was just kind of like, I was having my meltdown. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I've been, this is a meltdown that's been building for months anyway. Sure. But I've just kind of piling it down, piling it down, piling it down. Do more, do more, do more because she can't do for her and yourself. You must do, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're launching this at the same time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm going to eat like seven elephants. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you eat one of those. Elephants. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, you know, and that's the big you. thing is, is that we're getting each other through this yeah. and, you know, um, and I'd like to remind you, reach out to us, you know, yeah. as often as any, obviously Sarah has been yeah. just as busy, if not more busy with all of her elephant right. that she needs to eat. But, yeah. uh, we're here for you. And we also had an argument, like events like this will, will tear people down to their core. Yeah. Sarah and I had a nasty one like two weeks ago. Nasty, nasty argument where we were barely seeing each other and everything that we said to each other was just completely misinterpreted because we were in two different veins of I'm trying to keep everything up here. Um, you know, I'm holding up the fort here in Colorado and she's holding up the fort with her school and her dad in Chicago. You know what I mean? 
tears you apart and it breaks you down and you know because eating an elephant is not easy in the first place whether it be a butt air at, at, at a time you know you've 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 got a trunk to get through how do you cook a trunk you know when you're eating this endangered animal how <laughs> what are the how chewy are the ears you know you know what you don't get through this i love yeah. we love elephants there's no reason anyone should be eating an elephant unless yeah. it's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> scenario and there's no food on uh, which this case they, just can, metaphor. It's they okay. can go extinct if we have no food supply sorry <laughs> there's That's a reason right. humans are better than the rest um, <laughs> so if if anyone out there has their own elephant they're eating, you know, um, tweet out at us at yeah. uh, WDMR Podcast. We're here. We listen. Yeah. We'll talk. Everyone has these things. And sometimes it seems like it's everything at once. It's never a little bit at a time because yeah. when it rains, it pours. Yeah. So <laughs> it's stupid. It's, it if sucks. you are challenged like that and you happen to like piano, I would say check out A Perfect Circle. <laughs> It's moody music. You really uh, got to like piano. Um, song one is going to sound like song two, and song seven is going to sound like song one. And well, okay. Song there's 10 is going to sound like the rest of the album. They all sound like the first song. But there's... Um, if I didn't see the song list, I would have thought it would have been a one-song album. By and Down <laughs> the River is an excellent song that sounds different from the rest of them. I love that they worked in a Douglas Adams reference there in the song So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Okay. Um, I was I was kidding by the way. I know, I, I know, to, I know. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I was going with it. I don't. It's better than mumble rap. <laughs> you are not wrong. Hey, let's make a mumble rap song eventually. Okay. It sounds that can be a goal thing. That can be a okay. goal thing we do. For sure. Fun. Goal for what? Oh, we're not telling anyone yet. No. That's why we're not. We're going to talk about it. We're also we'll talk about it later. Something that's really important, though, yeah. in the next two weeks, okay. whether this be something we give to listeners okay. for free or if we give it to listeners for a small amount of contribution for the Den of Bricks, if there was Planet ever donation. a paid version of what we do here. As of yesterday, also April the 20th, was the launch of a lot of Disney products, one being incredible Incredibles yeah, 2 toys. Christy got her Jack-Jack attack toy yep. with small Christy raccoon. Got her baby Jack-Jack. Also, the release of Solo, a Star Wars story, toys. I'm avoiding all of it. I saw Good. the teaser, yep. and I'm like, I'll wait for the movie. I saw it in stores. It's finally happening. The Kessel Run Millennium Falcon in Lego form is there. Mm. Two weeks from yesterday, that's in 13 days, I'm going to purchase it. Nice. And we are going to build it for the podcast. Nice. We are going to let everyone be here to build the Millennium Falcon with us. Nice. We're going to record all of it. Cool. It's going to be amazing. I am holding off on any Lego purchases until August. Fair enough. August is when I think like 8 to 10 Really cool new sets drop, mm -hmm. including Hogwarts Castle. Again? Yes. Ooh. Oh, but it's in August, so it's for Fantastic Beasts, yep. isn't it? Now, how did you figure out about this? Are there are there pictures? Because I also saw there was Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom sets. Yes. Uh, Blue versus the Indoraptor, etc. I am I am a Lego VIP member at the store. 
Oh. Gets me a discount and everything. It also gets me a newsletter of what's coming. Okay. So it, they kind of did a teaser trailer mm-hmm. email the mic. almost of the uh, sets coming out in August. Okay. And so when I saw the sets coming out in August, I was like, oh, shit. So one of them was the Hogwarts castle. Yes. I'm assuming you did not have the opportunity to buy the original. I did not. Okay. I didn't have the uh, time, room, energy, or interest at the time. Makes sense. Speaking of which, would it be all right if uh, the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon was held in the Den of Bricks here until I have room for it? Absolutely. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Yes. Um, We're going to have to do a trip to Ikea to find more shelving. (laughs) If if we're going to keep building into Uh, the Den of Bricks. That's a video on its own. Yes. So that'll be awesome. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we just both strap on GoPros and run off. The yes. Yeah, we'll get lost. We'll write <laughs> we'll a script. It'll shot. be a story. It'll be like a yeah. two-hour part one, part two Yeah, is an hour and a half. Yeah. And then, What's the uh, least amount of time you've ever spent in Ikea? The least amount of time? Zero minutes Okay. for my entire life. <laughs> you've never been to I've Ikea? I've never been to Ikea. Okay. Not once. I heard it's a day trip. I heard, and I noticed on the banner that they uh, they serve breakfast there now. So, my first trip to an IKEA was in mm-hmm. was in Chicago Ooh. with my girlfriend at the time. Okay, two of her friends and one of my friends. So it was five uh-huh. of us. Ten how many hours sur- later? We how left. many survived? We all survived. Was, oh, okay. But ten hours later, mm-hmm. we left. I spent thirty six dollars. <laughs> Whoa! Total. That's cool, though. Yeah. I can appreciate that. So, Ikea is really cool because they set up the whole first floor that you go into is like the top floor, and that's uh the showroom. Okay. So, they have everything built out into a room. Like, there's functional rooms throughout Ikea. Okay. And everything in that room has a sign and a price tag. (laughs) Okay. So, you, you kind of have to you go in with a notepad and a pencil they have notepads and pencils right by the entrance so that you can write down model numbers and names of the things you're interested in as well as where in the warehouse to find it that's all the information on the tag wow so as you go through the showroom you can write down the shit you're interested in Mm -hmm. and then when you leave that floor and go down a floor Uh then you'll find it Everything on the floor beneath it looks exactly nothing like the floor above. Really? The whole business model for Ikea and how they can sell things so cheap mm-hmm. is that they flat ship everything. So you have to right. assemble everything. everything. Right. You have to assemble the tools you need to build the shit that you buy. <laughs> that it, makes I mean, more sense now. So it's like an extremely advanced Lego store. Um, Pretty much, Except yeah. It's Lego for adults. It was, it was Okay, cool. It's it's Lego for like you know I can full dig it scale adult type right. things, just adult full, yeah, incorporated category full yes. adult things because Legos are also okay to be for adults. Yes, yes, I'm gonna start work on our heads in Lego. Okay, no, that so works like, for me. We'll yeah. have a little bust of your head mm-hmm. in Lego. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm gonna build it in the <laughs> 3D scaler first, and then I'm gonna build it physically. I'm 100. percent Okay with this. So that, I, it might be like I have a red head and you have a blue. Okay. As far as skin I'm okay tone. With that. Well, we need Lego minifigure versions of us as well. Oh, we can build those online. 
Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really fun. I'm yes. 100% down for that. Yes. Anyway, so uh, you're going to get Hogwarts. I'm going to get Hogwarts. But it's going to be and... like 1930s Hogwarts, 1940s. Yes. That's really exciting. And, well, see, it's a lot cheaper than the original Hogwarts Castle as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's a lower piece count. So I'm kind of wondering how big this sumbitch is going to be. Right. Fair enough. I don't know if it's going to be the... Because it's not going to be the $700 Millennium Falcon. Exactly. It's going to be like $130. Oh, it's only $130? I think so, yeah. I would think it would be closer to $200. Well, it, here's the deal. Because that, that Kessel Run Millennium Falcon is $169. Which means it's going to be a significantly lower piece count. Mm-hmm. Which one would think that that Hogwarts isn't going to be that big. Right. Interesting. But I'm wondering how... Interesting. Pretty much a a Lego set breaks down to an average of $0.10 a brick. Mm Mm-hmm. So, based on the price, you can figure out the size. Mm Mm-hmm. But it also kind of depends on the size of the bricks. Yes. Okay, is it going... Like, like the Quickie Mart is not that big, but it was more expensive than, say, a larger... A physically larger set because there was so many more smaller pieces. Uh huh. So you're counting all these bricks and you know building the shelves in there. The shelves inside the Quickie Mart contain enough bricks to justify a thirty dollar price. Interesting. Okay. Just in the shelves. Okay. So if they have the spires of the Hogwarts Castle as a full brick itself, mm-hmm. then it could be pretty big. But still at that lower price point. I see. And the main the main reason they do that is because there there's a niche that buys the bigger sets. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to sell a lot of sets, you keep them in this price point. You know. So. I get it. No, I get it. You know what else I want to invest in in hmm. due time in Legos is the Mystery Machine. I was looking at all the Scooby Doo sets, and what are you? Why are you smiling at me like that? I'm going to finish my thought. I'm going to finish my thought. You finish your thought. I'm going to finish my thought. You finish your thought. Do you have the fucking mystery? No, no, no. Okay, okay, all right, fine. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish Finish your thought. So to get the entire Mystery Ink gang, you have to purchase the mystery machine, which has Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby in it. But then the Haunted Castle set has um, some more of them, the ghosts, but also... Daphne and Velma, okay. which makes me a little upset because I would like the whole mystery gang inside of a because I don't I don't have room. We don't own a house. We right. we just moved in with roommates just for the sake of saving money, and right. saving money, and um we you know I just don't have a ton of space for Lego sets. So for that reason, something little like. A mystery machine would be awesome. Am I going to buy a mystery machine that doesn't have Velma and Daphne in it? No. But at that point, I'm going to spend like 80 bucks on a set, potentially over 100 for a set just for Daphne and Velma minifigures. Screw that. And, you know, screw you, Lego. I know why you did it. Jerks. Like, <laughs> uh, well, say what you I'm, want to say. I'm interested in dying? getting the Haunted Castle Are you, because okay. of a Haunted Castle. Right. So oh, well, if yeah. I were to get the ha- like those things, yeah. if I were to get the haunted castle and just have yeah. haunted castle, you could have my Daphne and Velma. That's, oh, thanks. Yes. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We'll do that. Well, I'm probably gonna end up keeping my mystery machine with your collection anyway. Uh, you know? yeah, but, I mean, it's smaller, but yeah. we need to put up some shelves in the yeah. new place we just got and and go from there. But um, yeah. 
you know, no, no, more that home ownership is definitely stuff. integral to large collections of things. So uh-huh. that makes know, sense. I didn't get a lot of this stuff until we bought a house and then all of a sudden it's full <laughs> because I'm like, Hey, you know what? I love Legos again. Let's do this. Right. No, that's cool. And I no, so. that's you're, you know, and another reason we're doing this is, is because it's almost like in a lot of aspects, we still have our, our own identities. Yep. We have our own things, but we are still so incredibly alike because yep. when I come to be about your age and I can be a homeowner as well, yeah. I will also be purchasing <laughs> Legos. Yep. I will also um, be building my own library, yep. my own collection, you know, for this reason. So you're going to have added challenges because you're going to have kids. <laughs> Oh yeah, well I mean that too. But yeah, that's I'm okay. Gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send them over here to wreck your shit anyway. Pretty so much matter. Cool. Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> this this is gonna be the playroom yeah. one day. Just don't count on having it be yours anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can share my toys. Exactly. I just can't share my toys permanently. No, you will be the coolest so. uncle <laughs> <laughs> because they're gonna be like, all oh, these toys. Oh my god! I want to go to Uncle Richard's and play with these toys. Cool. I think now you know, and I've talked about in the negisodes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the negisodes are the negative episodes, negatively numbered, because those are episodes where we were learning the yeah. process of this, how we wanted it to do the podcast, how we were recording. We have technical difficulties, things like that. But going into uh, 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 um, we were we talked about that one about the magical bookshelves that were not yours. You know, being a yeah. kid playing with you know the cool things, and my aunt had all the cool stuff, and I remember you know she was very hesitant to let me buy things play with things she liked her things yeah and i was a crazy little adhd nephew <laughs> who was losing the guns for yeah. the stormtrooper action figures who was bending the spines on her paperback uh, yeah. uh young jedi novels you know and um to to her credit, she still lent me quite a few things and let me, you know, um, yeah. uh, do whatever I wanted with a, with a lot of her things. So, and she actually, we built the first Lego Millennium Falcon ever. We built that one together. Nice too. Well, she built it. I played with the minifigures. Yep. <laughs> Basically, but that being said, uh, y- you know, um, she was v- she was intimidating for that. Um, reason because she was just so cool but she also liked her own privacy you are just such a wonderful open nice person that like my kids are going to absolutely adore uncle rich and angry (laughs) because like you're gonna be like uh, i have all the toys and yes we're gonna play with them yep (laughs) so that was the thing when i had my when my niece and nephew came to visit i was just kind of like they are not destroying these sets near as much as i was hoping they would (laughs) Because I was like, here, play with the Legos. Play with them as much as you want. They left those models intact, complete. They just moved the minifigs around. They played with them like dollhouses. And I was like, guys, you know you can tear these things down and like build mm-hmm. other cool shit. Right. And they were like, it looks good the way it is. Like, <laughs> next time in, they, they next kay. time they come and go, okay, yeah. after August, you go, look, this is Hogwarts in episode one. Not episode one, sorry. In, in the first movie. Yeah. This is Hogwarts after the second part of the last movie i want you to have the battle of hogwarts in hogwarts also we're going to add on to hogwarts with the disney castle yeah we're going to add the tower of orthanc to the disney castle potentially the haunted castle haunted mansion for the scooby-doo set to the haunt to the to the hogwarts castle um also here's a 
uh, army of evildoers, Voldemort's yeah. here. So yeah. go ahead and have a battle. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the <laughs> I'm gonna turn the Disney castle into the sea cow, so that we'll have this massive <laughs> that too castley <laughs> sea cow ship going. Right. I love the sea cow. So what that, we're gonna so, do, but... kids? We're gonna make two full size uh, slingshots using <laughs> larger elastic bands. And what we're going to do is we're going to take the Force Awakens Millennium Falcon and the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon, and we're going to see which one goes faster and farther. How many parsecs now, bitch? Yes. Anyway. We'll plan so, this. We're going to make this. Nice. Maybe we'll just do nice. a whole video of just letting kids destroy Legos. Nice. Too, well, my, in the future. my brother-in-law and my sister were like, why would you want them to destroy your Lego sets? And I was like, because I said I didn't rebuild them. Yeah. And they're sure. like, well, then why didn't you tear them down yourself? And I'm like, all that effort I put into putting them together, mm-hmm. I can't bear to bring them down. <laughs> but if somebody else does it, then I can rebuild it myself. Now, so. you know what my favorite Lego sets were growing up, though? Hmm. And I don't know that I have any of these in my old Lego boxes, but I was severely addicted to Bionicles. Yes. Growing up. Did you do the Bionicles as well? Yes. The Bionicle figures. I had the full set of the Bionicles stuff. The, they were the coolest things because they were like action figures on top of being Legos. Because while the minifigures were cool, there was only so much you could do with those. But with, yeah. you know, with the Bionicles, you would have the gears in the back that you could swing their sword or yep. their weapon hands. Or if it was the black one, he had the three claws and he could like rotate. Yep. Um, uh, the brown one, he had, yep. he did, he didn't get arms, but he had legs. Yep. He had to kick with his legs, and then he like you would turn his body upside down. Yep. And then he had a lower bottom half because that's where the gears fit in the set. Yeah. I remember that after that they had um, little add-on people, little villagers. Yeah. They had the armored sets, and then eventually they made the big bad guys. I remember his name, Makuda. Yep. Was the big bad, and I remember taking my full set of advanced armored. Mm-hmm. Um, red, blue, green, combining them, black, white, brown, combining them into their sets and having them fight the giant Makuta. Nice. Oh man, that was a wonderful yeah. Christmas. Did, That's all did I know did all you, day. If you mixed the, if you mixed the parts from the red good guy, the red mm-hmm. villager, the red bad guy, and then the red big bad guy. You could make the me- big Mega Ultra Bionicle dude with all those parts. I don't know that I did that either. That was that was really cool. Oh, I was yeah, also so on cool. like I was on one of those like community Craigslist re- knockoff websites. Yeah. The uh, I forgot what they were called, but no Balrog. Were they called Balrog? They were the little ones that they had the head rammer ejector, yes. and it shot a rubber mask that would turn your Bionicle evil. Yep. When it Got onto the face. It was a new rubber mask, and then you would shoot it, and it would fly off. I, that was the coolest stuff. Bionicles were the shit. I loved those dude. little guys that you pushed the thing, and their head went. Yes, that's I what that was. Those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved those. I and had then, all those. I just tell us in the comments of the YouTube video or tweet at us My whatever those bionicles got were. Sold in a garage sale. Oh no! But they My were sold the movie sale. So. My bionicles got stolen. A lot of my childhood items got stolen um, when my parents' uh, storage unit was broken into. Uh. So I had like child modeling and acting awards. 
Uh, in there taken i had disneyland collectible pins lanyards stuff like that taken it was a sad day it was a sad day they had a lot of tools stolen but uh, i had a lot of memories yeah taken from me thanks that yeah no storage units in there uh increased security thanks a lot guys except not at all but Bionicles were the shit. Yes, I, I highly agree. And even Bionicles got that shout out in uh, the Lego movie when they were like talking about w- when they were in between worlds and they were like, well, where are we going to go? And like, how big is the universe? And then he rattles off everything. Yep. And at one point you see the old, like the very first piece of Bionicle material was a red one with his sword and he's holding yep. it up. And you see that for that split second. And I was just like, thank you guys so much. I have the DVD movie of Lego Bionicle, The Mask of Light. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because they had that golden it's, one, the special seventh Power Ranger in the set, basically. It actually isn't bad. Yeah? It, it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So I, when I put it in, I put it in one day when I was sick. I was like, all right, I watched let's, it too, let's see how this does. Sure. Yeah. Pretty good. Right. Was not bad It's not the all. worst, you know? And... You know, uh, I didn't play the video games either. I would have loved to play. No, there was no. I had it. There was a Game Boy Advance video game, Bionicle. Yeah. I do remember now that I had that and I played it. I didn't get very far because it was kind of complicated and it was not near as easy or accessible as the Lego games are nowadays. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, how many Lego games? We haven't talked about Lego games at all. Do you play the Lego video games? I played them. I uh-huh. play them sometimes. Um, they're pretty. I mean, they're pretty cookie cutter. You yeah, they're very. Yeah, they're know, made for kids, but they're very enjoyable for yeah. adults as well. Well, and the they're it's the same game. Mm-hmm. You just pick the skin, pretty much. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and the then it's X- a, just a play by play of each story. When my wife bought me the Xbox 360, it came with Lego Indiana Jones. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I played Lego Indiana Jones quite mm-hmm. a bit, mm-hmm. and then I my nephew has the uh, Lego Star Wars saga games. There you go. So when I visited yep. them, I was playing with him. And then um, somebody else, I can't remember who else, but somebody else had the Harry Potter ones. Very nice, yeah. They and just remastered those for PS4, I think. Nice. The whole set. So I've played them. I haven't played them extensively. Gotcha. I'd say I've sure. played a level of each. Maybe. And I think Sir and I have played and beat. We started Pirates of the Caribbean, but weren't enjoying it, so we didn't get that far. Um, we've played and beat Jurassic, um, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Lego. Um, we played and beat Jurassic Lord of the Rings. Okay. Which Jurassic Lord of Jurassic, the Rings? What am I saying? Lego Lord L- of the Rings. Lego Lord Sorry. Um... <laughs> I was, uh, coffee's empty. That's, oh, Where, shit. I was, we need to refill. You have one job. You have one job. We I need edit, to refill. I record, I supply, and you get coffee, yeah, and mean, this we're gonna is have, empty. We're at a, almost an hour and a half. We're going to have to wrap up soon anyway, because I will float us out of here on a canoe. I have to pee so bad. Me too. So and, we're just going to drown. And I need to smoke, and we need more coffee. That as well. The whole so. reason I was smiling while you were discussing your mystery machine thing, though, is because... I've always hated Scooby-Doo. You have? I've always hated Scooby-Doo so much. Okay. I've hated the majority of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Really? Yes. Okay. That's well, uh, just me. Okay. That's just you. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're different people. That's yeah. all right. And that's fine. Thanks for joining us for the very last episode of Rich. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, fair, Flintstones burned me out real early. <laughs> Well, I'm sure. Well, now here's the thing: they're coming out with an extended cinematic universe of Hanna Barbera 
cartoons, including Scooby-Doo, including the Flintstones, the Jetsons. And I am so freaking excited for it because I used to fall asleep to Boomerang. Um, Boomerang was an exclusive channel on, 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 on... Direct TV. I remember watching. I just had it on all the time, and it took me back to you know back in the day um, when I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my parents would be watching you know uh, TV TNT, yeah, and they would play late night episodes of Scooby Doo and things like that. Scooby Doo was absolutely my favorite growing up, okay. absolute favorite. And they recently, you know, of the show Supernatural on the CW, yes, it's been around I'm, forever. I'm familiar with it. They just did a Scooby Doo crossover episode. Oh, it's real. It's a thing. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I'm not in love with Scooby-Doo still, of course, to the extent I was. I would love to own all the TV shows on Blu-ray if they came out with a box set of like purely Scooby-Doo, every single episode of every TV show, spinoff, everything. And the movie was really good, too. The live-action movies. I liked the live-action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one. The, the first second one... one was also kind of good. I don't know. It's I haven't watched them in a few. I'll have to go back and yeah. you know, like, take them in. But I thought they were pretty Spoilers, solid. spoilers, spoilers for the live-action I I really enjoyed how meta it got mm-hmm. and how Scrappy Doo ended up being the main enemy. Exactly. Because... I loved that because <laughs> everyone I, hated him up until the introduction of Scrappy Doo. The show was tolerable. My sister loved Scooby Doo. Okay. So I ended up watching it all the time. It drove me up the damn wall. Sure. Yeah. Because my sister loved all the Hanna Barbera stuff. So when she was there, we watched it. Right. And I watched it and I saw it for what it was, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was cheap, cheap, cheap animation designed only to get you to watch so that they could get their advertising revenue. That that makes sense. And that was my first that was my first foyer into cynicism right. with a product. <laughs> I know uh, we're we're you know, we're getting close to the end here, but and I will make this a very short statement. Is that the potential of an extended um, uh, Hanna-Barbera universe sounds just amazing to me because of, you know, being able to mention and go into the idea of combining these universes, say, uh, the Haunted Museum uh, a night at the museum, I think it was the episode where it was like the suit, of, the haunted suit of armor, okay. at the museum, or maybe it was the mummy that was at the museum. But they could be walking through the museum, solving mysteries, and in the background you see like a, like the old Flintstones house as an exhibit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the skeleton of uh, Dino, like yes. Now see, <laughs> I would fossil, be, you I know would be I mean? on Things board like with an extended universe of Hanna Barbera mm-hmm. if they showed the Flintstone Jetsons theory to be correct. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Where it's like cool. up in the sky, the Jetsons are living in the future. Meanwhile, down on the ground, the yeah. Flintstones are turning the gears to make that society happen. Exactly. And that's that hilarious. would be awesome. That would be cool. That would be a cool mix up. Um, I would love for uh, for Shaggy and Scooby to they just want to do the drive through. They're like pulling up on a straight and they have to stop. And then there's like these big red ribbons and banners that are being pulled across. And then people are like waving flags and getting excited. And wacky races just peels through <laughs> each and every one of those dumb characters. And as 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 they're driving by, you hear all the characters like uh, uh, P- Pen- Penelope Peril, you know, yes. driving by. She'd be yes. like, hey, Dirk man. Dasterly hey, and man. Muttley. Exactly. They'd be driving by and you can hear Muttley, yeah. And you hear him go, 
and you hear just vroom. <laughs> it comes and goes. That's just you know a, a Hanna oh, yeah. Barbera universe would have so much potential for oh, yeah. that reason. Do oh, you... they could have done amazing things if they had spent a little bit more on it. But I couldn't stand seeing the same fucking table, vase, and doorway. Yes, sure, yeah. For a four-minute scene mm-hmm. of them just walking, exactly. and the hallway never ends, and the scenery never changes, and exactly. they did it to save money. And it's I a weird it. treadmill effect of yeah. you know, like they're they're walking like this, but then yeah. the scenery is not moving as fast, and, it, and their placement it became the abundantly feet. obvious to me as like a five-year-old. Okay. And I was just like, see, there you really? go. Now, here's the scary do? thing. Not that anyone's doing this regularly, but if you go back and you watch Star Wars Episode 1, Jar Jar Binks' feet do that. I know. On the ground. When you go back to watch it, his feet do the treadmill effect. Yep. That's how old Star Wars Episode 1 is now. Yep. Which... Oh, it, you can't go back. You can't. You can't mm-hmm. go back. When it came out in theaters, I enjoyed it. And I will save Same. this for the Star Wars recap. A very special <laughs> because episode. Because we are at the 90-minute mark. Yeah, exactly. No, and I am seriously going to float out of here or get a bladder infection. So Okay, that's a sign, everyone. We don't <laughs> need Rich to get yeah. that. Thanks for being here to uh, get to know us while we get to know you. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. That's the end of episode one. Yeah. I'm turning it off now. Where's All the right. button? Where's the thing? It's I missed there. the rollerball. I see it. I know. I got the stop. Here we go.